the crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. All right, Brewers couldn't get the broom today. The home winning streak is snapped. It's still a series win, though, over the Phillies. Not a lot to really worry. Uh, there are some underlying stuff we're going to talk about. 4-2 the final today as the Brewers finish up a brief homestand and then head off to Pittsburgh and New York this week. I'm Dom Catronio, joined by former Brewer Jerry Augustine. Augie, I, you know, I don't want to act like this is a bad loss or anything like that. I mean, the offense didn't get the hit. They went 0-6 with runners in scoring position. Uh, it's what's been happening in losses as of late. They haven't been getting the hits, but it's you still held a heck of an offense to just four runs, and you didn't get the job done with your end of the offense. That's true. I think when you talk about the, a series like this, and you get to this time of the year, we, we're getting into September, and you want to go out, you want to win series. And I think that's what the Brewers did. They went out, won the first two games, and came in today, had a great opportunity. I thought Wade Miley did exactly what Craig Council needed him to do, went deep in the ball game. And, uh, but you, you, got, you look at a team like Philadelphia, they've got a great offensive ball club. They hit a lot of home runs today. The home run paid off for them and was a difference in the ball game. But you know, you, you're going to go into series, you're going to play good teams, and when you play the last part of the year, especially the month of September, you want to win series. Win series takes you to the playoffs. That's exactly what the Brewers need to do, and that's what they did this series. And they still went 4-2 and two against a very good team in the Phillies. I mean, they're right there neck-and-neck neck record-wise. They're only one game better than the Phillies right now. That's what qualifies to me as a darn good team. And quite frankly, the Braves are a freakish team, so they're running away with the East, but the Phillies would be leading a lot of other divisions if they were anywhere else. And yeah, you look at that lineup, and this was asked to Craig Council today as well, and we'll play his audio much later on in the program, but that lineup is deep. I mean, JT Rumuto is your seven-hitter. Bryson Stott's a quality player. He got down to the seven, or uh, JT was sixth, and Stott was seventh because of the lefty starting on the mound. I mean, that, that's a 290-hitter batting seventh. JT Rumuto, one of the best catchers in the game for a long time, and that's quite a luxury to have those guys in the bottom half of your order. When you look up and down this lineup, there's a team that not only can score runs, but they can score runs via the home run. They can hit for hit for average. They get guys on base up and down the lineup. And that's, you know, when you face a team like that, what you want to do is keep the hitters under control. And I thought the Brewer pitching staff did a nice job of keeping these Phillies off the bases, keeping them under control, keeping themselves in the ballgame. And I thought the Brewer offense did just enough what they needed to do to win the series. And that's what you want to do late in the late in year now. Craig Council has that opportunity of, he's thinking two ways. Number one, win series, which is super important each and every time you go out. Now it's we go on to Pittsburgh, but it's also, how are you, how is your field going to set it? What is your team going to look like as you go on through the month? you got a little bit of a lead now on the Cubs, and you just have to play that way, but it's still Who's playing? Who's playing well? How does it look when you get to the end of the season and hopefully get into the playoffs? It's a shame that Wade Miley gets a loss. I mean, obviously he allowed the back-to-back home runs, but he had a tremendous day working into the seventh inning, and he threw a total of 89 pitches. He surpassed the 85 pitch mark for the first time since coming off the injured list back in early August, and I, I thought for me it was a no-brainer. Send him back out there for the seventh inning, no matter what the bullpen looked like, right? Whether Devin Williams would have been available tonight or not, I'm sending him back out there. He was only at 66 pitches. Uh, I'm totally fine going to sleep with, with that decision of that, look, he's rolling, he'd only allowed two hits. This wasn't 
on Wade Miley. It was on the offense today. Yeah, you, you, when you Don, when you look at, at at pitching, and especially when you look at Wade Miley and some of the issues that he's had the last couple of years with injuries and things like this, I think when you look at in the beginning of the season, you kind of protect him a little bit. You get him into that sixth inning, sixth inning, and that's probably as far as he goes. You look at the 80 to 85 pitches, and I think you, you see how he's doing, but he's been throwing the ball very well. You look at the way he was throwing the ball today. You look, he didn't give up a hit till the sixth inning, and before that, what was he doing? Slow, slow down, hard up. That's the way he pitches. Soft stuff down, hard stuff up. Being able to command the inside part of the plate, I thought he did an excellent job at that. And when you get to this time of the year, you, you're going to challenge a pitcher. You're going to challenge a guy who deserves it. And I tell you what, I think Wade Miley deserved to go back out there just to see where he is at. It gives a really, it gives Craig Council, it gives him a, a, uh, an idea of how he wants to use him going into the playoffs if he's going to be that fourth starter. So when you look at w- what today did, it was good. It was a big step for Wade Miley. He threw the ball very well. He deserved better. But you know what? He got ran into a bit of problem in that seventh inning when he gave up a couple home runs. The uh, the Brewers bullpen then, you know, Uribe had to get an extra out, and an insurance run came in to score. It was against Miley's ledger when the Brewers failed to turn that double play. That was a massive moment we'll talk about a little bit later. But Chafin pitched well again for the second straight day. I thought that was very important for him. And Wilson wiggled off the hook there for a second in the top of the ninth inning to make sure the Brewers had an opportunity. They obviously didn't come through, but that they would have an opportunity of only a two-run deficit. And it's obviously a loss, and it's not really feel like you're gaining anything. If you're giving a day to Piomps and Piguero and to Devin, you know, you'd rather it be in a victory, but at the end of the day, it is still giving those guys a breather, and he'll take those anytime he can get in September. We talk about high-intensity innings, and we talk about guys getting getting guys in game and to see where they are. I thought today was a huge day for Chafin to get in the ball game and pitch where I mean, you look at the way he was throwing the ball today. He looked aggressive on the mound. He looked like he was throwing all his pitches. That's what he needs to get you. You kind of get into that 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 rhythm on the mound where you get that comfort level, and you feel like I'm going to back off. I'm going to slow the game down. I'm going to make my pitches. I thought he did a nice job, and you know Bryce will and has just done an outstanding job. These are guys that are going to come into big parts of some time in that postseason where you're really going to need them. By putting them in games like they were today with only two runs down, you're putting them in games where this means a lot. It means that he, whatever zero they throw up, we still have a chance. And we know what the Brewers have been doing the last couple of weeks with scoring late, staying in ball games and winning ball games. That plays off big. And I'll tell you, a big day, I think, for not so much for Bryce because he's been throwing the ball so well, but I thought Chafin was a huge day. This was uh, big for the pitching staff despite getting the loss today. But, again, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the offense, some of the underlying stuff here. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. If you want to join us on the show, this one from Doug. Last two games against two good lefties. That's going back to Tuesday against Justin Steele. Only two runs scored. Not a good sign for the playoffs. To me, this is the only thing that can stop them in the playoffs. I'm afraid it will. I, I mean, I don't disagree with you, Doug. But, Augie, you know, everyone's aces in the big leagues are aces for a reason. I mean, Brewers fans know what good pitching looks like. And, you know, other teams are sitting here having the same conversations after seeing Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff. The Brewers got a taste of their own medicine facing a great bullpen on the other side. I mean, Alvarado got back on track today. Strom wanted to give it away, but he didn't. Uh, and then Craig Kimbrell looked like Craig Kimbrell again today. I'm not mad about a loss like this because you're facing elite pitching. That's what the playoffs is. You're only going to be facing elite pitching. Yeah, I thought Alvarado b- bounced back. Last night he came in and he was, uh, got himself in trouble by getting 
running behind hitters. Uh, th- when you look at what you see in the pitching staff today, this is the best I've seen Kimbrell in a long time. Mm-hmm. When he, This approach that he had against the Brewer hitters today I thought was fantastic. I thought he did an outstanding job. Kind of got the hit in, into the outfield to get a runner on base. So hopefully with a home run you could tie it. But I thought he threw the ball exceptionally well. Now this is a time of year when you're going to face those guys. You know, you look at going back and, and facing Justin Steele in Chicago. This guy throws the ball a little bit different than a lot of lefties. A lot of lefties are a tailing left hand where the ball fades away from right-handers. Justin Steele throws the ball a little bit with a little bit more cut and he uses a little bit of a slider. A little bit different style of pitching. So you face these guys that are a little bit different. You have to learn to get be a to do the adjustments you have to do as a as a as a hitter, but Justin Steele's thrown the ball very well, and you're going to see lefties, and you just have to make those adjustments to the style of pitcher that those lefties are. And also, I want to point out the Brewers had the lead against Ranger Suarez. He only threw four innings. He was coming back from injury. Right. They hit two home runs off of him. Would you have liked more? Of course, but. He exited trailing the game, so I, I'm not going to overreact to that. The Brewers are now 17-22, and 22, though, against left-handed starters this season. want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. More about the offense and looking ahead to the road trip coming up next, 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. If you want to join us here on WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers fall in the finale against the Phillies. 4-2 the final today. Three two-run decisions for all three games, and they hit the road to the Pittsburgh Pirates coming up starting tomorrow for Labor Day Monday. I'm Dom Catronio with Jerry Augustine. Thanks for joining us here today. The Brewers offense 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. I just want to bring these numbers to your attention here, Augie. So they're now 14 and 6 over their last 20 games. And it's a pretty easy formula to follow. When the Brewers win, they generally are getting hits with runners in scoring position. In those 14 wins, they're hitting 386 with runners in scoring position. In the six losses, they're just two for 30. That's 067. It's a pretty simple formula to figure <laughs> out. It sure is. Uh, but, you know, you're looking at bullpens now. We talk about how do you win pennants or how do you get in the playoffs and everything. We all talk about the starting staff, and we know that the Brewers have the best starting staff in all of baseball. There's no question about that with the, the three-headed monster they have. But when you look at bullpens, they make a difference. And you see teams now coming out, and they're strengthening that bullpen. All year long, you might see... Uh, teams that didn't really have a good bullpen, all of a sudden you get to a, get to the end of the season where if they have an opportunity to get to the playoffs, boy, they're set in that bullpen and how they're going to use their guys. If they're not, they're working at getting it set for the for the coming year to see what they have in their organization or who they picked up via a trade. So you're seeing a lot better pitching, I think, 
in the end of the year uh, out of the bullpens. I thought the Brewers did an outstanding job in his wins when you said they were hitting 386. Really good, patient at-bats. But there's sometimes when these guys go in and they get ahead, what's the job of a relief pitcher is don't walk anybody and pitch ahead. And when you pitch ahead and don't walk people, you have success. And I think the Brewers' patience led them to 386. Other times they get in and they get ahead of hitters and it makes it a little bit more difficult. I mean, the, the Phillies' bullpen today in five innings of work, they only allowed two hits and two walks, and both of the walks were by Matt Strom. So they really commanded the strike zone well. It's one thing to say you want to work good at bats, but it's another thing if the other pitcher is executing, right? You're not going to get a walk every time you go up to the plate, and the Brewers couldn't get the hit today. Uh, Christian Yelich got the day off. Craig Council said after the game he just wanted to find a day finally for him because we can see it. He's been scuffling here the last two weeks or so, and with the lefty on the mound, it felt like the right time to do it. He obviously came off the bench to pinch hit, and when you're facing Craig Kimball throwing 95 and with that hammer curveball, it's always tough to come off the bench and face that, but uh, 51 straight games for Christian Yelich. He hadn't had an off day in the entire second half, and I thought... Today was a good day to try to finally give him a reset because he'll probably play every game down the stretch now. And you're going to see that. You know, what, the one thing, would, if you ask whether Yelly will want to come out of a game, he doesn't want to ever come out of any game. That's just the way Yelly is. But I'll tell you, when you get to the last 26 games or 27 games that we have left, you have two off days. And when you go to that stretch of 51 like he has been and you had some off days, he had rest in there, you're not going to get that the last month of the season. You're going to have two off days. So when you have an opportunity against some pitching, you're going to be able to give him a time off and get him, get him to rest his feet a little bit the way the Brewers have such good, good offensive players on the uh, outfield players on the offensive side of the ball. So Yelly, they need him in the lineup. He's been so important to this lineup with him and Contreras at the, at the top of the lineup. But I think it's also important that you pick out days throughout the next 26 or 27 games that they have left that you can give them a day off or two. It will only help them. The the Brewers lineup today, somebody just tweeted to me saying, play, play your best players. And I'm like, this lineup was pretty darn good for a left-handed starter. I mean, Mark Canna, he got on base three times today in the leadoff spot. William Contreras was a couple feet away from taking the lead in the seventh inning against Strom, but he had a home run today. Santana's a switch hitter, and he's a great first baseman. Adamas is going to be in there. He's the shortstop. Tyrone's been playing better as of late. And then Weimer torches left-handed pitching, so I, I don't see anybody on the bench. If you were trying to give Yelich a day off, I don't see anybody that you would go to otherwise. And you, you try to get creative with lefties. This has obviously been Achilles' heel for the Brewers for the last two seasons. And, again, they had the lead against Suarez when he exited the game. They just couldn't add on against the Phillies' bullpen. So I thought the personnel was great. I talked about Mark Cannon in the pregame show today. and I mean, he's on base three times. He is now, I believe, just a few percentage percentage points behind William Contreras for the best on-base percentage since Mark Cannon arrived. And him leading off on a day that they want to give Christian Yelich, I mean, that's a veteran hitter who's played in the postseason that's quite that's quite a luxury the Brewers suddenly have. Yeah, if I give an MVP to a Brewer player on in this series, I give it to Marcana. Every time the Brewers scored, he was involved and in he came up with some big hits. He got some RBIs. I think he ended up six for ten in the series. Uh, you have him at the at the line at the beginning of the lineup, even the last against Kimbrel. He fought off a tough pitch to get a base hit. He has done so much for this ball club in this spot he has. Like I I said, I think in a, some of our last shows, what has changed some of this some of these 
these players around. And I'm going to go to Willie Adamas, who was struggling greatly back a couple weeks ago. What did they do? They put Santana hitting third. They put Adamas hitting fourth, and they and they put Canna hitting hitting fifth. Fifth. That that combination right there really got the Brewer offensive going a little bit. Why did it go? You put Santana, who's really swinging the bat really well and really doing a great job at at first base. You get Canna, who makes contract contact, doesn't strike out a lot, gives gives Adamas some better pitches to hit, and it's showing because he's swinging the bat a lot better the last several weeks. The uh, the Brewers offense obviously quiet today but did hit a couple homers a rarity that they lose a game but you're not going to win many games when you only hit solo home runs but a good pick for mark canna on the player of the game it's brought to you by the salvation army every day the salvation army provides shelter meals and support to those in need and your donations make a difference visit samilwaukee.org to help today. The Brewers, he had, Canna had two hits, Caratini had two hits, nobody else had multiple hits, they only mustered up seven total on the contest today, and uh, the Brewers fall in the finale by a 4-2 final. Uh, another text here about third base, this one from Kyle in Queens, Monasterio being cold lately, he's a fun story and happy for him, but needs a day off, how much longer until Brian Anderson or Josh Donaldson play, what would you do for third base? Uh, Brian Anderson has only had 20 at-bats since he got activated off the IL. He does not hit lefties well. He has reverse splits, so I wouldn't have expected him today. Uh, Josh Donaldson made his debut, just two at-bats, getting him back into the fold with Nashville today. The Brewers have all signs have pointed that they're going to be aggressive with him, and they want to see what they have with him. Might as well. It's a low-risk, high-reward move, and he gives you some power all of a sudden. He's got 10 homers this year, as bad as this year has been for him. This this could be a guy that could be up here very quickly, maybe even by the weekend against his old team, the Yankees. Pretty good defensive player at third base also. He plays good third baseman. He hits with a little bit of power. He can hit for average. I think he's a kind of guy that you like in a ballpark like this because the ball carries in the gaps. And when you get to this time of the year, you want to have a little bit of extra power in that lineup. He could be I, – I see why the Brewers are rushing him because if you get a guy that can get enough at-bats, get him up, what he has done in the past, he can really help your help your ball club. And you're right, Monasterio has been struggling a little bit lately, but he's been in there. He's done such a great job on the defensive side. He's been fantastic. But when you look at the offensive side, struggles at times. But you got a guy like – you pick up like Donaldson. You got to you got to push him to see what he can do because he could definitely help your ball club. I mean, I look at today's lineup too, and, and power has obviously been a thing that the Brewers have really not had uh, all season long, aside from the top half of their order. I mean, look at today's lineup. Right, you've got after Tyrone Taylor. Weimer didn't hit a homer in all of August. He hasn't hit a homer lately. Caratini doesn't really hit home runs. Monasterio certainly doesn't hit home runs. Bryce Terang doesn't hit home runs. So if you can add just one more guy in that second half of the order that can pop one every now and then, you're not asking for him to hit seven home runs in the final three weeks of the season, but saying that threat exists, that could certainly keep things moving. And even you know, if it's a day that you need a pinch hit power bat, he can come off the bench and just swing for the fences. The Brewers do not have that kind of guy aside from Rowdy Telez on their bench. Right yeah, now. and you look at what Craig did in the lineup today. He put when you when you look at what he did in the first the top four the top four guys, and then he put Tyrone Taylor. He's probably your next guy in line that has been swinging the bat well, giving you some good approach at the plate, and can hit the ball at the ballpark. You put a Donaldson in there, and then you move the ball, move everybody back a little. 
little bit. That makes your lineup a little bit a little bit worth looking at. And being have to be a little bit patient, got to pitch a little bit better to it. So you know, Tyrone Taylor's just done a good a great job since he's starting to swing the bat, being a little patient at the plate, come up with some big hits, some great at bats, and he's probably the next guy in line. But you look at Weimer, who hasn't been swinging the bat, hitting home runs lately, and Caratini will get one on occasion. But the rest of the guys are guys who have chipped in, get on base move runners over, get runners in, and that's what you look at from the younger players, and that's where Craig has put them. All right, we'll take a quick breather and actually talk about the road trip. Also, the difference-making moment coming up next. Brewers fall 4-2, 855-616-1620, If you want to join us here on the show, more to come with Augie after this on WTMJ. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Brewers take the series from the Phillies. They go 4-2 against them on the season. They have that key tiebreaker. In the event, the Brewers fall out of the uh, central race, and they are in the wild card. If they end up tied, of course, it would go to Philly. I'm Dom Catronio. Or excuse me, it would come to Milwaukee against Philly. All right, I'm I'm all over the place <laughs> with all these tiebreakers here, Augie. I'm Dom Catronio, but looking at the standings right now, Cubs won over the Reds, 15 to seven. That game was wacky. So the lead is back to three and a half games right now for the Brewers, uh, with 25 games to go. The Brewers, they will be going to Pittsburgh, while the Cubs will be hosting the Giants, and that's big for wild card purposes. But Pittsburgh. As a team, just looking ahead here before we wrap up today's game, Pittsburgh's a team, look, they've not played great in the second half. They're getting O'Neill Cruz back soon, but Mitch Keller has been a, a tall task. And quite frankly, just being completely honest, this is nothing against the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's a holiday tomorrow, but Tuesday and Wednesday, a Wednesday is a 12.30 first pitch Eastern time. There is not going to be a lot of energy in that ballpark weekday games <laughs> this is like i mean create your own energy the brewers are going to be walking in i mean they have they've had epic crowds the last week and a half here and at wrigley now they're gonna to have to go and play against a much smaller crowd it's a different environment it's something to adjust to it is and uh, you know but the one thing i i think you're playing inside a division and i think one thing pittsburgh wants to do is you know the, the best thing they can do is play spoiler and you look at a young club that they do have and they seem like they're starting to get a pitching staff that's a little bit more organized and throwing the ball just a little bit better especially when it comes to the bullpen it's going to be interesting uh, uh i know what we're, we're going with our our top three guys when you talk about Burns, Woody, and, and Peralta. But you look at what Pittsburgh, they haven't announced anybody yet. So it's going to be interesting what they come at, what they throw at the Brewers. But those are three big games. Anytime you play within the division, they're all big games. And Pittsburgh is not going to sit down. They have every idea of coming in and be playing spoiler, playing good against a team that's led this division for the last month and a half. And they want to do, they want to finish out the season strong. So it's going to be an interesting series. I don't think it's going to be a give me series, but I think the Brewers have to go and pitch well, play well, and they have to get the lead early against this young Pittsburgh Pirate Ball Club. Uh, if you want to guess based on days of rest of who would be facing the Brewers, it would be righty Luis Ortiz, righty Andre Jackson, and then you'll get Mitch Keller on the Wednesday finale, just based off days of rest, if that were to be the case for their rotation. But Carlos Santana going back to Pittsburgh, where he spent the first half of the season, get to see old friend Andrew McCutcheon. Key Brian Hayes had a really good August. He started getting things going. Brian Reynolds is always tough 
as well. Uh, and it, it's just a series that you cannot overlook as the Brewers get ready to head to New York for the weekend. Real quick, let's wrap up the game that was here in Milwaukee with the difference-making moment. It's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to Annex Wealth. Augie, take it away, your difference-making moment. It's got to be the seventh inning of back-to-back home runs. It's got to be the difference moment in the ball game. You look at what was happening. I, th- I thought Miley had been throwing the ball very well, doing exactly what he wanted to do, giving, a, giving up a run in the, in the, in the sixth inning. But boom, come up and hit the home run. Uh, just a line drive that shot out of here like a two-iron. And then when you see Riamuto after hitting a home run last night, come up and just hit a bomb out here. It just gave them the lead. And I tell you, when any time against the Brewer Ball Club, you can get the get the lead late in the big ball game. You know how important it was, and it was important for Philadelphia to get the lead right there because that bullpen with Brewers is so good. For me, it's the bottom of the seventh inning. That even though the the Phillies took the lead there in the top of the seventh, the Brewers had an opportunity to avoid the shutdown inning, back to back leadoff walks. And the Brewers couldn't get anything there with Contreras, Santana, and Adamas due up. And I I look at it, Contreras, I mean, a a few feet to the right, we're talking about a completely different game. He crushed that ball to center just a little bit off of the barrel. But you got to get one there, in my opinion. I I think the Brewers missed an opportunity to just get one on the board, immediately say, okay, no worries, no big deal. We're in this. It's a one-run game. We thrive in these sort of things. But he had first and second, nobody out. Same song. Same dance. Brewers couldn't get anything across. Missed opportunity. Anytime you go late in the ball game, I've it's been a, a pet peeve of mine. Even when I was coaching at UWM, anytime you walk people in that seventh inning on, it's always going to come back to hurt you. Sooner or later, you're going to get lucky, and it's not. And that's what had happened with 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 uh, Philly today. They were able to get out of that inning without any any damage done. But getting that getting those first two guys on base, you got to be able to score a run there. Got to put the ball in play. You got to move runners. Got to play some small ball, and the Brewers were able to do that. So again, three and a half game lead right now for the Brewers over the Cubs. They'll have an off day on Thursday of this week. And then they're going to play 17 consecutive games. And the only thing that would hold them uh, from not playing 17 consecutive would be a rain now, but of course it would be their first doubleheader of the season if they do get one of those. But, you know, we talk about August being the dog days, but really that 17 game stretch, you just got to make it through that above 500 and make sure that you force the Cubs to continue to be on their hot stretch because the final week is very different for both of these teams. And we're going to be scoreboard watching the next three and a half weeks or so because the Brewers end with the Cardinals, the Marlins, the Cardinals, the Cubs. Whereas the Cubs, they get an easier schedule until the very end. Their last week will be Braves and Brewers on the road. So... Don't get alarmed if it gets tight. It's going to get tight. If you're a Brewers fan, it always gets tight. It's never easy. But I'm just kind of telling everybody to fasten their seatbelts right now because this is going to be a wild final 25 games. Yeah, and you, you talk about the, the schedule. You just said that last week is going to be, for the Cubs, it's going to be the Braves and the Brewers. Well, the Braves want that number one spot. Dodgers are challenging them. And that's that's going to go right down to the end also is who's going to get that number one spot. And, they, and definitely the Braves want that. They have the best record in all of baseball right now. And the Dodgers are going to battle like crazy to, to, to catch 
the Braves. So it's going to get really interesting, and I agree with you. The next 17 games when you have the off day and you got 17 in a row, and that all starts with the Yankees. Anytime you go into Yankee Stadium, it's not a give me. you got to go and play hard, but then you come home and you got Miami who is still battling for a playoff spot, and then you got Washington who played the Brewers. They've been playing really well the last second half of the season. So you get there, and then you get into the, the St. Louis, the the St. The St. Louis, and back at Miami, it's not going to be easy. We have to play good baseball. There is going to be a fun stretch ahead, or stressful, depending that's on right. how you look at it. But that's always the stress. That's always the beauty stress. of September baseball, right? Every every game, every pitch truly does start to matter. And this weekend, I mean, it felt like playoff baseball. And I, I, the only way these two teams would likely match up in the postseason, you know, as of now, would be in an NLCS, which would be shocking. Yeah. But or if they somehow find each other in the wild card game, which I don't think the Brewers want to see a three-game series with that lineup. Uh, but that's playoffs, and uh, it, it was good to see that it's starting to, to get going with every game, every pitch truly mattering. Philadelphia doesn't have an easy schedule either. They've got to play the Braves, I think, seven times, yeah, tw- twice. And series. So you, this can all change. Uh, we're going to see from – there's, what, six or five or six teams there that are in the wild card area. That's going to be – it's really going to come down to who's going to play better during the, these last 25, 26 ball games, and that's going to be what's going to make it so interesting. Scoreboard watching, absolutely. That's part of the end of the season. Players do it. We all know every, they all know where they stand, but it's all about going out winning series. Brewers win series, they're going to be just fine. Just win the series. Just win the series, and that's what they did today. So no need to overreact to a, to a finale loss against the Phillies. Jerry Augustine with us here on WTMJ. Appreciate you always coming in, and uh, we'll, we'll chat with you soon in a week or so, eh? Yeah, I'll be back with you. Great being with you, Dom. All right, Jerry Augustine. Augie joining us once again. Brewers fall 4-2. we got more to come. We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council, in a little bit as well, right here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers fall. Don't worry. Off to Pittsburgh now. Three games set with them. Three games set with the Yankees. And then they come right back home for the Marlins and the Nationals. I'm Dom Catronio. Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you in part by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. And for a limited time, Cider is waiving the $99 trip fee on HVAC service calls. This offer is not valid on clean and tunes, weekends, or after hours. Valid through September 15th. Go to SEIDER.com, Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. The Brewers... Looking at the acquisitions, we talked about it in the pregame show. Canna being great since he came over to the crew. Uh, his on-base percentage is now 382, and he's hitting 295 uh, in his 28 games as a Brewer. Hit his third home run as a member of the crew. And here's my favorite note about him: he's got 11 walks and three hit by pitches, so that's 14. You know, free trips to first base. He's only got 13 strikeouts, 14 walks and hit by pitches, 13 strikeouts since he became a Brewer, and uh, it, it fits the mold perfectly. And uh, home runs are certainly a bonus, a, a scraper out to right field, and it certainly was made level when Bryson, or uh, not Bryson, but rather Alec Bohm hit his wall scraper out to left field, so both teams can feel okay about the fact that they barely got one out. And then JT Riamuto hit an absolute no-doubter to center, just like William Contreras did, but the difference was that the Phillies got a couple of hits with runners in scoring position, and that was the story in today's game. Looking at the Brewers' rotation, Augie alluded to it 
briefly heading into Pittsburgh, but you've got the big three going. And if you map things out every fifth day right now for the Brewers, that there's an opportunity, since they're going every fifth game, it appears, which would mean Corbin gets tomorrow in Pittsburgh, and then he'll get Sunday in New York, then he'll get Friday against the Nationals, Wednesday in St. Louis, Tuesday at home against St. Louis, which means if they stick with every fifth day, Corbin Burns can pitch on regular rest in game number 162 if it matters against the Cubs. So that's just something to keep in mind with them going with Corbin tomorrow, Woodruff on Tuesday, and Freddie on Wednesday, which would mean the rotation, though, that weekend against Chicago, if it if every game does matter, it looks like as of now, you're going to be handing the ball to, uh, let's see, every fifth game would be Wade Miley on Saturday, and then either Adrian Hauser or Colin Ray or a bullpen day. I don't know what they would do on that first game. That's just looking way ahead, though. Things can obviously change. Uh, Adrian Hauser is eligible to come off the injured list on the 12th. Uh, That would mean Colin Ray would start on the 8th against the Yankees on Friday. And then with Hauser being eligible to come off on the 12th, like they anticipate it being a minimum-ish stay for him, he could start on the next day that his day falls on the 13th, uh, the Wednesday against the Marlins. So that's just kind of a, a peek into the crystal ball looking ahead with rotations here, but the big three go against the Pirates, and uh, I'm fired up to see that. 535 first pitch, both Monday night and Tuesday night. That is central time. And then 1135 first pitch on Wednesday morning before the last off day for two and a half weeks on Thursday. We'll have it for you right here on WTMJ. Don't worry, got Brewers Extra Innings both Monday and Tuesday. I've got you covered tomorrow. It'll be Bob Brainerd on Tuesday and then no show on Wednesday. But then we've got Brewers Weekly on Thursday night. Take a quick breather. Come back. Hear from the manager, Craig Council, after today's loss. I'll also remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Hupe and Abraham. For every double play the Brewers turn this season, Hupe and Abraham will donate $100 to Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. And remember, if you are injured or you're in an accident, call Hupe and Abraham. Winner, it's free, guaranteed. The winning team, Hupe and Abraham, H-U-P-Y dot com. Hear from the skipper coming up next on WTMJ. Now, more Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Brewers couldn't get the hit. 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. Pretty easy way to assess how things go. They did hit two solo homers, but they fall 4 to 2. The manager agrees. Here's what he had to say after the game, specifically about runners in scoring position. I think that was the story. We didn't, I don't think we had to hit with men scoring position today. Um, and, you know, unless you're hitting homers with man on base and stuff, they put up a big number without that. So we were we were missing the next hit today. Um, there was a couple spots where it, um, you know, could have tied the game or give us, give us some cushion, but just didn't get it today. What were the conversations in the seventh with Wade, knowing his pitch count was intact and then obviously the anyone awry? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a doubt about sending him out there. Um, I thought he was throwing the ball really well today, and um, you know, then obviously the inning didn't work out. We had your rebate, he had three hitters essentially, and unfortunately, two of the homers. Kind of gives you a, 
know, better an idea of how long that lineup is, isn't it? And, you know, real Mudo's down here, what, sixth or seventh or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, not a good lineup. Yeah, of course, it's, uh, it's certainly their strength. Their lineup is their strength for sure. Um, and they're they're going to score some runs, and um, you know, we wade through the ball, you know, the first five innings as well as you could have hoped. Um, you know, that ball off the glove and uh, the second last out and sixth, that was a hard hit. Um, and um, he, he worked out of that, got Harper in a big, in a big spot. And I thought, you know, he was intact to do it. Just, just didn't work out. I mean, it's the home runs that hurt us, obviously, in that inning. I think we had, you know, through Stott, I liked him, and we had, you know, I thought we'd get out of the inning, and even if he got in a little trouble with the home runs, obviously. Come out of this weekend with a, a series win still, just, you know, how important is that at this time of year, just to kind of keep that going? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good series against a good team. Um, and on the next one, you know, you win, you win series, uh, you know, things are going to go well for us. Got a day off for Yelly today. He's really been uh, 51 straight games, I think it was. Is it this, you know, with the way the schedule plays out for you guys, was it a good opportunity to get him a little bit? Yeah, around? it was just the right time. Um, you know, been scuffling a little bit. Um, lefty on the mound. Quick turnaround today, so it was it was just the right time to do it. Nothing, there's no issues or anything. Just get him off his feet for most of the day, and um, you know, we got two off days I think the rest of the year, so there's going to be a lot of action out there. So it's just the right day to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. Giving Yelich a day, he needed it, and uh, maybe this could be the start of something good down the stretch. Brewers, they got a few highlights today. We're going to relive it coming up next. It wasn't a win, but it was still a very fun game to attend. Over 33,000 were here at AmFam on a hot day at American Family Field. Highlights up next on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Yeah, they lost, but a couple of big swings, including one right off the bat, William Contreras. He's been feasting against lefties all season long, and he showed you why. And the pitch hit in the air to center. Warning track. Get up. Get out of here and gone for Contreras. He just put the Brewers on top with his 15th of the year to dead center. Big swing from Wild Bill, number 15. He's got over 1,000 OPS against lefties this season. So one nothing Brewers against Ranger Suarez and the Phillies. Wade Miley was rolling in the first few innings. Got some more run support as well. How about Mark Canna in the third? A one pitch. And Canna out towards right. Drifting back. Castellanos still back. Running out of room. It's off the top of the fence and it goes out. Mark Canna goes the other way. His ninth home run. It's 2 nothing Brewers. Jeff Levering's call there as well. Meanwhile, in the fifth inning, Wade Miley got through five without allowing a hit, just a couple of walks. Then in the sixth, the no-hitter was gone, and then an RBI double from Nick Castellanos put the Phillies on the board 2-1, to one. but a big stressful moment. Bryce Harper was coming up against Wade. 2-1 Brewers lead here in the sixth. Harper, a bouncer to Santana, should end the inning. And Will, and Harper is still over. They kept Bryce Harper in check all series long. But from there, the game would take a turn. Coming back out in the seventh, Wade Miley allowed back-to-back home runs to Alec Bohm and to JT Realmuto 
to give the lead to the Phillies for the first time today. They would have another run on an RBI single later in the frame as well. 4-2. They got three runs of the seventh, and it would hold up all the way down the stretch. Their bullpen held strong. Sir Anthony Dominguez earned the victory. Craig Kimbrell got the save. They salvaged the finale, but the Brewers still won the series. We'll wrap up the program after this preview. What's to come here for the Brewers on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings. All right, let's preview the week before we say goodnight on this Sunday afternoon. The Brewers have a big road trip. Two road trips remaining all year. Kind of wild to think about it. Uh, They've got Pittsburgh and New York now. They come home for a week, then they go back on the road for a week with St. Louis and Miami. Let me give you the broadcast schedule here as well for the Brewers uh, and heading to Pittsburgh of what's going to come here next week. 535 first pitch means that we'll be on the air at 5 o'clock as the Brewers will get ready to go with the on-deck show built by Menards. It'll be uh, Lane and Josh on the call for you from Pittsburgh on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Then the off day on Thursday. So 5 o'clock on the air on Monday and Tuesday. 11 o'clock on the air on Wednesday. That's all central time, of course. And then over the weekend, it'll be the Yankees on Friday, 6.05 first pitch. So that means we will be on the air at 6 35, or excuse me, 535 for a 605 first pitch. Then a 105 first pitch on Saturday. We will be on the air starting at noon. And then on Sunday, it'll be another uh, day game to finish up that series in Yankee Stadium. That game will get going at 1235. Coverage will begin at noon as well. Should be a lot of fun and a very fun road trip to come for you know, if you're an East Coast Brewers fan, you know, haven't been to Yankee Stadium in a minute. It's always fun to play in a legendary stadium like that. In fact, I was talking about it with Sal Freelich the other day that he's knocked out now Fenway Park when he was in college. Wrigley Field now, last week with the Brewers, and now he's going to get Yankee Stadium all in the span of a few weeks here uh, in his young big league career. It's always special going to places like that. And the Brewers, in the middle of a pennant race, make it a little bit sweeter as well. That's going to do it for our show here tonight. Thanks to everybody who's listening. Have a safe and happy holiday weekend. We'll be back with you tomorrow for postgame after a 535 first pitch against the Pirates. Hope to hear from you then. My thanks to Jerry Algazine for joining us in person person, and our producer, Evan Wittallison. I'm Dom Catronio. Holler at you from Pittsburgh. Brewers fall 4-2 today, but until next time. Keep on swinging.